The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Legendarium. It tiptoed right up to the line of being great. And then every time it did that, a rhinoceros would show up on screen and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Legendarium Podcast, episode number 171. Uh, I'm going to call this one Broken Promises because <laughs> last week I said that this would Sounds be... Sounds like a Taylor Swift song. I know. It, it was, uh, isn't it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm isn't not really. Like I'm not very Swiss familiar song? with. I'm sure that she's watching right now live on Facebook. So I'm Tay, not, Tay, Tay, let us know. It's in, not Facebook. You lose it's on, YouTube. It's on YouTube Whatever. Live. I don't know. It's all the the socials of the media. I'll, I'll get back to why that's the name of this episode. It's not really the name, but uh, <laughs> I'm Craig Hanks, your host, and over there he's so old. We are renaming tonight's probable best actor winner, Gary Youngman. It's Todd Wenty. Wow! Did you know it was my birthday this week? Oh, that's right. Yes, you did. <laughs> and he couldn't lose his virginity until he betted in a poker game. It's Kyle Lemon. <laughs> I guess I'm just straight flushed right now. <laughs> oh, oh! Uh, I think you must have peeked at your insult to prepare that one. <laughs> I'm just uh, quick. So okay, so last week. It was a Narnia episode, and I promised everybody that we were going to do, um, uh, what's that one thing called? Oathbringer. Oathbringer. And then some stuff happened, and some scheduling, and the Oscars, and it turns out Ryan... And Taylor Swift wasn't able to join us. Uh, <laughs> now you've got my imagination going. <laughs> uh, I, I hear she's not lovely in person. Pass. I knew she was trouble when she walked in. <laughs> you can get out now. Okay, so no, you guys are really, really derailing me here today. So you're welcome. Uh, today it was supposed to be an Oathbringer. Yes, we're it was. not doing Oathbringer no, because scheduling issues. Um, I, I think Ryan is. He said he was babysitting, but honestly, it's Oscars night. We all know what Ryan's <laughs> doing right now. Um, anyway, so we scrapped that today we're going to do a what did we call it a winter movie roundup winter, winter media roundup winter media roundup because it's going to be a, about more than just uh just just the movies the WMR so, Todd you must be looking forward to this cuz you always like these kind of weird little episodes <laughs> I, I do I do I enjoy them so much yeah so I have things uh anyway so Todd's going to air his things apparently <laughs> Uh, and Kyle and I and are going to do... The... We're going to get it on video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get started, obviously, we've already mentioned Patreon at the top of the show, but I'll say uh, reddit.com. Uh, so thelegendarium.reddit.com is where you can go join the conversation. I hope you do that and yell at us for all of our... Um, Asinine uh, in information that we'll be right. sharing. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, opining and... Uh, we all know how that goes. That that tends to go poorly with the legendarium. So, uh, yes, lots of opining today. Now, uh, oh, and the other thing is YouTube. Yes, we yes. are starting to try to make our presence a little bit more uh, known on YouTube. So if you have not yet uh, subscribed to the channel, please go do so. That would be much appreciated. Um, 
what we're going to do. We will air our episodes kind of on some of the smaller ones like this. I think we'll do a lot of these live streams so that yeah. people can jump in and, and mm-hmm. do give their comments and whatnot. But I think with a, with some of the bigger ones, like we've been doing with Oathbringer, we will record them and not then, live. And then push them uh, later. And then push them, push them out later. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yes, we do need a little more time to birth those Oathbringer episodes, YouTubely speaking. Wow. Uh, I'm not even going to touch that. Anyway, so yeah, just go search the Legendarium podcast on YouTube and find us there and subscribe. Now, on to what we've been watching. The big thing, now, the the first thing that we have to discuss <laughs> will be Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about Black Panther. That is the 500-pound uh, the, uh, jungle cat in the room. So we will get there. We But we've also, I want to talk about- Did you say about, the 500-pound jungle cat? Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about Jumanji. Uh, okay. I want to talk about Annihilation. Ooh, yeah. I want to talk about Cloverfield Paradox, Altered Carbon, Future Man. Um, and uh, you're going to let oh, us talk about anything? Shannara. Uh, well, I did put Shannara Twain. Shannara Twain. Shannara <laughs> Twain. <laughs> and, uh, Star Trek, um, Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Into Streaming, I think is... Was that the alternate name? Maybe. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Star Trek, and what was the what's the not Star Trek called? Orville. That's the one, Orville. So yeah, we, we'll we're, talk about we're definitely going to be talking about those. Uh, a lot of things on the docket today, but first things first, let's talk about um, Black Panther. Yeah. So we've all seen it. Uh, well, I mean, according to the box office receipts, everybody in the entire Western Hemisphere has seen it at yes. this point. So. Yes. Uh, Kyle. Thoughts on Black Panther? I'm just going to leave it open for you. What's the first thing you want to say about Black Panther? Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I thought that it's the first, probably the first real Marvel movie with a villain that I could get get uh, get behind as far as like what their motivations are. I could really empathize with the Killmonger character on why he was um, trying to take over Wakanda and and do his whole thing. Um, I thought that Marvel did a really good job of bringing that story arc in and, and transitioning from just like, here's a random bad guy going to go up against the superhero who got the same superpower and they're pretty throwaway and making it concrete where, you know, at the end, uh, King T'Challa realizes, Hey, He's got kind of a point. Like he's going about it the wrong way, but he's okay. he's got a point and I can buy into that. And so he actually changes a little bit All based right. on that. Okay. Todd, what are your what are your thoughts as of right now? So, um and and I saw it I saw it opening night, um, as as did uh, at least half of the Western world and have had a lot of time to think about it. I've read a couple of other reviews, um and and everything that I've read and everything that I've that I've seen people talk about reflects that that attitude great villain um and, and in many cases why did we throw him away so fast why did we get rid of him so quickly well you kind of had to because of the way the the story was written but hey it's the movies no one ever really dies um who knows maybe we'll see him come back somehow personally um as far as it being a as again coming at it from the standpoint of oh i've got the comic book tradition as well and seeing what they're doing with it they did a wonderful job of taking several really powerful Black Panther stories and weaving them into this new iteration, uh, and and did so in a way that was approachable for 
for average viewers, for people who had come in and not seen, not known anything about really what Black Panther was, except that he was a uh, a superhero from Africa. Um, but they also did it in a way that was very respectful of the source material, um, at least that I felt was respectful yeah. of the source material. And that's a big thing for me. Um, Marvel has done a better job of that than DC has, typically. Uh, at least I think that's partly because DC keeps forgetting which source material they want to use. Um, <laughs> they've got so many different ways to go about it. But Marvel's been pretty st- uh, pretty, pretty stable in the way that they've approached it. Um, they've used it as a, as a great piece to introduce some some questions that I don't think are that that I don't think are really addressed in in any of the other Marvel films. The the question of, okay, so great, you've got all the and and we always hear it in the Spider-Man movies with great power comes great responsibility, um, and in none of the other ones do they really do very much with that great responsibility. They you know the 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 only thing that they do about this responsibility is they run around and blow entire city blocks up because they're the only ones who can. Um, but in this one, they, they draw the question, well, yes, we can, but is that really the way that we should be using all of these powers? Is that really the way that we should be doing all of this? And there was a very heavy moral question of what's the right use of power. They introduced that a little bit with civil war, um, which is also where we start to see black Panther's story get woven into this. Um, but they continued it very nicely into the black Panther and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think this movie was misnamed. Uh, it should have been called um, Wakanda, because frankly, okay. the, the the thing that struck me when I walked out of the theater <clears throat> was, well, this was barely about the Black Panther at all. This was this was about Wakanda, mm-hmm. and the the Wakanda question. Yeah, I I, I can see that, and I because because it goes along with what you're saying. You know, what do we do with our power? <clears throat> it's never T'Challa never has to ask himself. What do I do with this amazing Black Panther power that I have? Oh no, he's always it's, known. It's uh, what does Wakanda do with its uh, superpower, which is uh, this magic rock? Uh, well, and there was a, there was another thing too that's very interesting about that though. Um, one of my one of my coworkers came back from having seen the movie. Uh, she waited three weeks, bless her heart, and uh, came back and said, "Boy, I just think I want to go live in Wakanda." And I said, "Keep in mind, it's a monarchy." Uh, it's, it's not a, it's not even a constitutional monarchy. It's a monarchy. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily everything that we think it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, and and that's, that's where the movie is good. I, my, my thought on Black Panther kind of on as a whole is it was a very good movie and it's, it tiptoed right up to the line of being great. And then every time it did that, a, rhinoc- a rhinoceros would show up on screen and be like, oh, okay. Um, great CGI rhinos, by the way. It was, so it was, it was a very good movie. I had a great time watching it. But, um, but it, was, it, it does not escape the orbit of Marvel movie general feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it can't, it can't go too much farther than that. Right. And so, and what I mean by that is uh, there are some really great moments like the casino scene. They show up in this casino and you're thinking like, oh, they're going to do this kind of whole James Bond thing and they're going to play some games and it's going to be fun. And then it just turns into a CGI gun battle car chase. And it was so like, as soon as that started, I just, oh, kind of, oh, here we go. And halfway through the car chase, which was pretty good. But because I was so excited for something different, 
when the car chase started like you know i was halfway through and i'm like i'm just so freaking bored see and this is the thing that amazes me is you keep thinking that these movies might do something different than they would in the comic books yeah, i was gonna say i well <laughs> sorry we interrupted the, that well, but yeah, I just, you did you the did trick... but the, the same thing happens at the end of the movie too yeah where <laughs> there's there are all these questions coming up and you're expecting this big confrontation between t'challa and killmonger and it's going to be epic and wonderful, but but it's but it's so full of ideas, right? It, well, right until they all pull out their spears and their rhinos and and start murdering each other, just like you know, it it, it just felt it, it felt like the end of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was it, you know it had all these wonderful, interesting things to say. It was very interesting, and then CGI monster at the end tries to murder everybody. You know, kind of, kind of along those I, same lines. I, I get it. The one thing, so. the, yeah, the one thing I think that Black Panther has done to the masses is tricked the masses that it's not formulaic when it is. Oh, it's just, inc- it's absolutely incredibly formulaic. formulaic. Yeah. yeah, but I do. Th- I mean, you see a lot of the reviews out there. They're like, oh, it's breaking the mold, and it's not. You know, it's doing something different than any other Marvel movie, and and it is on certain levels, but it's so formulaic, um, in in terms of arc and what happens. Like you said, it just. You get this whole build up between the two and right. it just breaks back down into just another battle royale rather yeah, than Yeah, this all all of that stuff I think really became apparent in the lead up to the movie, which was the most annoying thing about the movie. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I have my little nitpicks and we can, you know, talk about those as much as we want, but the media coverage of the movie is what really bothered me more yes. than anything. Yes. This this was the movie that was going to save us all. And it turns out it's a Marvel movie. And, and now it's a good Marvel movie. I'd put it kind of in the upper tier. And, it's not as yeah. good as it's not as good as uh, Winter Soldier. Um, it's probably yeah. not as good as the first Iron Man. And what I would say but is it's, it's formulaic, but... but it executes that formula sure. really well. So sure. it, it does it better than a lot of the a lot of the Marvel movies that are doing the same formula, but it, it executes it better. And it's, I mean, we talked about the you know Killmonger and being the villain. It's still a very formulaic villain arc he just is a very intriguing villain and he plays it really well and he, he was well played he was well cast well um, written. the guy who played mbaku um and i can't remember his name off yeah, the top of my hand but what a wonderful foil uh for t'challa about the way about the idea of and i, I read this in a review as well it was nicely put the idea of the of the um one one has stayed with wakanda one has left wakanda but they both say that they're working for Wakanda. And, and what does that do to your perspective of it? That was beautifully done, nicely portrayed, um, well acted. He was probably my he was probably my standout favorite. Uh, well, he and Michael B. Film. Jordan, you mean, or the guy that plays? Michelle no, the, the guy that played uh, the guy that played Mbaku. Mbaku, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I, I I get the names mixed up. Surprise. That's okay. Um, my standouts were Michael B. Jordan and Andy Serkis, who was so fun. And again. Such got a rid of villain. him so too quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Claw is a villain in the Marvel universe that pops up every five years or so, and you go, "Oh my gosh, he's still around." And he'll pop up again in this. One I sure hope this. so. I, I sure hope so. Yeah. The one thing that I that I think is interesting, and I I find it fascinating, um, I, and I and I don't know that that we here have been guilty of this, but I think most of the most of the media, and maybe the media hype is not guilty of it, um, but it seems like every time. A, new, a Marvel movie comes out, there is this feeling that this is going to be 
this is going that that there is going to be something about this that will be different than a Marvel movie. And I keep looking at it, going, "Why are you expecting them to mess with it?" Right. It's based on the comic books. It's based on a, on a long series of comic book traditions that is about the battle royales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about the lead up to these to these places where you find out that these people with these powers can do things that no one else can, and that's why they do. So, you know, I, I, I keep being amused when somebody says, oh, this is finally going to be the Marvel movie that isn't like all other Marvel movies. And I go, yeah, it is. Well, it's it, going to it might insert something that gives you one different question to ask, but it's not going to be different. And there's and there is, I think, some value in that because there is a, like at the Disney at the at the House of Mouse, as they call it. Yeah, there is there there is evidence now. I can't really get this sentence out. This is so difficult. There is evidence now that they cannot stray from their storylines. Yes. Um, the Last Jedi, I'm sorry to all of those of, of you who loved it. Well, it's kind of a hashtag sorry, not sorry thing, but that was a mess. That was a mess yes. of a movie. Um, and, and it's largely because they tried to stray from the Star Wars formula so much yeah. that uh, it crashed and burned and fell on its face. They in in and I remember when we did the when we were talking about it. Um, I think we did a formal review of it and, and and chatted about it, and we talked about the idea that that um, they they knew they needed to go with they needed they need to do things that attracted a new fan base, and so they weren't worried about offending their current fan base as much as they were worried about making it interesting to the new fan base. You know, come on board, come on board, uh, and in doing so, they they offended just about just about everybody to a certain extent. Right. Uh, none of us to the point where we are all saying, gee, I'm, I'm ripping off my Star Wars Ooh, sleeves. and I'm, I'm getting close, man. Yeah, whatever. Getting, uh, I mean, the originals will always be the originals, but I'm having a hard time staying on the fan wagon. You know what? If you know what I mean. I, I, I do. I understand. And I think we're going to see more of that, not less of that, over the next probably... I, I think with I think Solo, a Star Wars story, is going to do that for a lot of us. Again, it's going to make us go, "Ugh, why couldn't they just leave Han Solo?" Oh, alone? it's that uh, that I've I've already planted my flag in this one. That movie's going <laughs> to suck. But uh, <laughs> but I but I but again, I think I remember when I remember when the expanded universe, which is no longer canon, uh, came out. By the way, if you've got expanded u- universe books, you're holding on to them, right? Because they'll be worth something one day. Um, but those expanded, <laughs> when those expanded universe pieces came out and there were a lot of us that held back and said, uh-uh, I'm not getting involved yet. And eventually they figured it out. It became great story material. I think that Disney's going to be able to do the same thing with star Wars. I really do. And I'm just anxious to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see. That's don't not going to, that's not going to be um, a problem. Now the, the most surprising thing about black Panther to me, and this is going to be, dangerous ground to tread upon for three white guys sitting in a basement in Utah. (laughs) But uh, the most surprising thing to me coming out of the theater was how uh, the movie took its namesake and turned it on its head because the, the villain in the story is, uh, is Killmonger who espouses uh, as far as I can tell something very close to the actual Black Panther ideology from the 60s and 70s, yeah, the, yeah. kind of that original um, uh, movement. And he is, he has a lot of great points. Uh, you kind of root for him a little bit until he starts getting kind of bloodthirsty and super 
racist himself. <laughs> kind of bloodthirsty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you, but you're watching him and listening to him going, yeah, pretty much you've pegged it. You know, you've pegged the issue of Wakanda and what it's, you know, kind of done sitting on the sidelines. Um, but then it ultimately pushes him aside and kind of goes for this like really, uh, <laughs> what do I want to say? Kind of like a soft neoliberal uh, solution at the end where it's like, how are we going to solve all of our problems? I know education centers in Oakland. Like, come on, you know, it, that I mean, in a way, come on, like, that's not how you're going to affect real change. Um, so anyway, but it, it was really interesting that it took the original Black Panther ideology and turned it on its on its head and said, no, we're going to kind of preach against that in the Black Panther movie. You know, it's funny you should mention that um, one of the uh, again, going back to the to the source material to the source material, Stan Lee. Uh, when he introduced the Black Panther, did not realize that there was a uh, a, a neo political movement called the Black Panthers that were going on at the time. Oh, really? He released this information uh, at the same and and released the character's name, the Black Panther, at the and and they're not sure. They, you you go back and you look at, at at the history. It's tough to figure out did did the political party start first or did the character start first? Did the party pull its name from the character right. they're not sure but stan lee in order to deal with that um a, a couple of years later had t'challa change his name to the black leopard uh and he actually said well you know the leopard is actually a panther um or the panther is a kind of a leopard something like that and he was he was trying to distance himself even then from the from the political ideology so and that's when tom hanks showed up and said, i'm sorry i ruined your black panther party <laughs> you've been how long you've been waiting to say i've been waiting do do your do your force compliant again sorry i ruined your black panther party <laughs> so so anyway it's 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 interesting they they uh They've struggled with it for a long time. Yeah, I, I don't and know I think about they all that will, stuff. I think they will forever. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, do we want to talk more about Black Panther? I know this is the the biggest movie event of of all time, according to a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of publications. Um, it, it, we will talk about the Oscars, but the thing is, it's going to be really boring because even though it was released in 2018, uh, Black Panther is just going to win everything this year. Right. Yeah, uh, yes. Right. Yes. It's uh, obviously best picture winner, uh, uh, best actor, best actress. Obviously. Um, um, I thought it. I mean, we can talk about how it doesn't really do much to lead into Infinity War coming up oh in gosh, a couple months. That's true. Like mm. it really didn't do. I mean, now you've got Wakanda that is, you know, they've recognized to the whole world, hey, we're this world superpower, and it shifts that whole dynamic. But it didn't really do a whole lot leading up to like. What's going on with the last Infinity Stone? What's going on with all the other Avengers? Like usually, you have a little bit more tie-in in Marvel movies, and yeah. this one was pretty, pretty separate, pretty separate. Yeah, we which, get that one, we get that I, one view of I Bucky like. Barnes at mm-hmm. the end, and that's yeah. about all. Yep. Yeah. No, I I really prefer it that way. I mm-hmm. I I sort of feel the same way. If you don't mind a little bit of a left turn, surprise, Craig's going on a tangent. Uh, I feel that way about Brandon Sanderson books too. Like with the with the Stormlight okay. books, they're starting to bring in more and more of the other material from yeah. the Cosmere. And the more he does that, the more I think, uh, you know, I really wish he would just write this story. Um, but I, I, I only feel that way a little bit. 
Sure. No, so, I get it. And and kind of in both cases, I only feel that way a little bit. Uh, so it's really not that big a deal. Yeah. But anyway. Again, in some ways, it's very formulaic mm-hmm. um, because the Marvel, Marvel and DC both have had a have had a grand tradition since the uh, since the mid '90s uh, of about every two years or so having a huge crossover event across all of their comic books, and so it it kind of makes sense that that they're doing the same kind of thing working through all of these all of these movies and trying to trying to do just enough to make mm-hmm. sure that they that they remind you that it's coming without being too heavy-handed about yeah, it. It was just interesting cuz like the entire fan base was set on this is where we'll figure out what the soul stone in the, is the soul stones in Wakanda. <laughs> We're going to find it and it just kind of I mean it might be there, it probably is there, but it didn't say anything about it. Yeah. And, and that's that is kind of like I was saying at the very beginning of our discussion on this, this movie kind of stands out from the other ones because Iron Man is about Iron Man. Um, Spider-Man yes. is about Spider-Man. Black Panther is about Wakanda. It, this is, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit out of the mold in that way, at least mm-hmm. in that it's not concentrating on like the adventures of T'Challa. Like he's, he barely factors in. It seems like sometimes it's all about the people around him. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some other things also. Uh, anybody else here see Jumanji? Yep. Yeah? Todd? <laughs> I haven't yet. No, you, okay, Todd, uh, you're missing out. I, that's what I've heard. I've heard that that was the movie that was not redeeming at all, but let me, lots of fun for people put who played video a, games. Let me put it in a way that you can understand, Todd. <laughs> it is a ripping good yarn. <laughs> yeah! jeez. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Kyle, you just you went from here to here. <laughs> Nicely sounds, done. Nicely it sounds done. even more wrong coming out of anybody else's <laughs> mouth. That's awful. Uh, I love it. No, it was. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a ton to say about it, except that I was really pleasantly surprised with this because I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate reboots and sequels and the just never-ending stream of uh, franchise un- building unoriginal ip <laughs> i i really like original stuff actually and we'll talk about this with the oscar nominees coming up here in a little while but uh but when it comes to original ip there is a serious dearth and so when this jumanji sequel reboot uh, what do they say on uh mike stiklaus it calls it a uh soft sea boot sequel reboot prequel <laughs> uh and it's uh it's so i i was not excited for that like oh gosh now it's gonna be jumanji and they're gonna kind of remake it and there's gonna be this board game and nobody's gonna care and they didn't they went kind of an original direction with it a very original direction so they took an existing uh intellectual property and made something fun and original mm-hmm. from it I really and, yeah. had a great time watching that. And what that. was super refreshing is they didn't do what Hollywood thinks you should do always now and make it serious and dark. They went completely opposite oh, and just made it fun. So much fun. And they did not take it seriously at all as far as, I mean, the story works and everything, but it's not like there's some big, huge, life-changing event that happens, really. it's just It's just, hey, here's a bunch of kids that get stuck in a video game and it's a whole lot of fun. The uh, the movie takes itself so not seriously that I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not when, is it Nick Jonas mm-hmm. who shows up 
And I'm like, I'm like, oh, they got a Jonas brother. He'll be around for five minutes. And no, he's there for like half the movie. <laughs> like that's okay, the kind of movie this, this is. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's got uh, what's the? It's obviously it's got The Rock and Jack Kevin, Black, Kevin Hart, Kevin Jack Hart. Black. The Rock and Kevin Hart are in all the things right now, so mm-hmm. that's no surprise that they're in it. Jack Black, this is like triumphal return. I, I, I feel like he stills the show because he, he plays the 16-year-old girl. Right. <laughs> He's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Nebula, mm-hmm. uh, among many other things, obviously. I think she's on... She got her start on Doctor Who, or at least her big start. Yes, she did. Um, she's wonderful. She's a very funny person, I think. Yes, so, she is. Uh, yes, Todd, it's recommended. If uh, any of you listening haven't seen it yet, definitely go see Jumanji or stream it welcome now at the point. jungle. Oh, I'm sorry. Jumanji colon welcome to the jungle soft seaboot prequel reboot. <laughs> um, the fact that you got all of that out without stumbling over it, that was impressive. So uh, what else? What What are you guys watching? Todd, you wanted to talk about Star Trek a little bit. Oh, I did. I I'll, did, give I did. You, I'll give you five minutes. So ha- have you guys watched uh, Star Trek Discovery? Negative. Okay. So I'll get my one gripe about Star Trek Discovery out of the way. Wait, quick question. Did you subscribe to cbs all access just to watch this so i'll get my one gripe out of the way i oh, subscribe okay. to cbs all access <laughs> just to watch this um like everybody else and their and their dog that was a star trek fan uh did and i'm i'm if if anybody from cbs is watching our little podcast um i'm not gonna flip you the finger but i'm really upset that you make me watch commercials out on a on a streaming service that I pay for. Really? Yeah, that's my that's my one that's my one gripe. Okay. That's the only gripe. Uh, that's a big gripe. It's a big gripe, uh, especially because I, I mean, if I were just smart enough to spoof my IP address and put myself in Canada, I'd be able to watch it for free um, on Netflix. It's you know, uh, go figure. Um, as far as as far as material, um, it, for those for those who are not familiar with it, it's set ten years in, uh, ten years prior to the original series with captain kirk and mr spock and the rest um there is a there is a very specific tie-in um that they don't do an awful lot with but they do they do brush on it a couple of times with the michael burnham character having been raised as a foster sister to spock um and so she's been raised in a vulcan tradition um which in some ways it works in some ways it doesn't you know if if you're a star trek fan you can watch it and you can find out the one thing that about this about this film that is decidedly different is that it is a much darker um rendition of what star trek is all about this is a, an abrams take on the tv show you know it's it, i maybe you know to to some extent that might be a fair way to to describe it um they they deal with something that is 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 mentioned briefly in the in the original series and that is that there had been a war with the klingons before and that there was some kind of a peace treaty that was that was arranged and negotiated and set up and so that's why they're not at war with the klingons anymore but they have this de- uh, demilitarized zone the neutral zone that they have to stay isn't away that, from in um what's the is it into darkness with the torpedoes and they go right up and then they fire the torpedoes and like that's what that's all about right there's that that border that they're yep. not supposed to cross yep okay all yep. right it's the north korea south korea thing for the space caught up. okay um but this this movie or the, this movie this um series tells that story about how that happens is it any good let's get there 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 are things about it that are really well done uh, there's some tremendous acting that goes on. I I don't think I enjoyed the story as much as they wanted me to. 
Um, there are there are some there are some pieces about it that were really well done. They do a, they do a jaunt into the mirror universe. That's a blast. Oh my goodness gracious me, that's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, is that like the episode of Red Dwarf where the evil twins uh, put a little thing into uh... one fourth of the series is spent in the mirror universe? Oh really? And so they spend a lot of time. So it is like Red Dwarf. Yeah, it, this well, you don't know what I, you're not listening to the words I'm saying. I rem- I remember that episode. <laughs> There's not enough about it that's the same, but but it is from the standpoint that they get a chance to go into this other place and have to be their evil counterparts. Some great plot twists. One of them I figured out, one of them surprised me. Uh and anytime anytime a, a science fiction series like that can surprise me, I'm very impressed with. As good as that is, as fun as that series has been, I enjoyed The Orville more. The Orville is the uh, Seth McFarlane. Seth McFarlane's uh, homage to Star Trek, and I think it was actually so. It's not a straight spoof. No, and and, and I was expecting it to be. So were some of my. Uh, have you guys watched any of the Orville? No. Why either? would I do that? Okay. Yeah. Of course. The, <laughs> I'm the science fiction guy in the room. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the Orville was originally kind of presented as from the mind of Seth MacFarlane. So we were all thinking, oh, it's going to be like Family Guy's Star Trek spoofs all mm-hmm. the time. It's not. Um, it's a it's a very um, a very human rendition of a of a of a science fiction Star Trek ish kind of a show. But it's not a complete spoof. Um, there are some funny moments in the first episode. They talk about what a what a lost uh, or what an underappreciated musical genius Barry Manilow is. Um, and that seems to be universally accepted, which is just <laughs> delightful. Um, and, and Kermit the Frog is uh, the captain's uh, mentor and inspiration for good leadership. Um, but, you know, the, the, some of these quirky kinds of things that are Seth MacFarlane make it human. And this, but the story is, is very reminiscent of early Star Trek with better, uh, with better, better visuals. Uh, yeah, better, much better visuals <laughs> and much more interesting storytelling. Um, the originals were very moralistic. They were very morally driven. Gene Roddenberry wanted a, a, a thinking man's television show and he got it right up until the point where the, the, the studio said, yeah, but he's got to punch people and lose his shirt and kiss a girl. Uh, and then Gene Roddenberry said, fine, we'll throw a character in that does that. Hence we have Captain Kirk. Um, but in this one, uh, in Seth MacFarlane's Orville, it's, it's a very different, it's a very different kind of a go. He's, He's a human being, flawed and imperfect and willing to face that and willing to admit it. Um, his first in command, or his his, uh, his number one, is his ex-wife. Um, like, that doesn't cause some problems on the ship. Um, just some really wonderful storytelling. They go into a, into a two-dimensional universe at one point in time, and they have to try and navigate two-dimensional space. For those of you who don't think about those kinds of things that's a really fun science fiction concept and it was a blast it's really 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 good show okay all right so you would recommend the orville over uh star trek into streaming slightly both slight i i I like them both but i would say the orville is slightly more it was slightly more fun okay it's a little more raunchy uh because it is seth Seth MacFarlane. sure uh okay very well and the the thing is it, it might be raunchy but as i understand it the star trek reboot soft seaboot prequel reboot is Ooh. quite violent wow. um, yes. it's just it's very loud and explosiony and and uh fight scenes and all this you know very violent stuff we had two we had two episodes where they swore 
which never oh, happens. Oh no! Tom, never happens no. in Star Trek, right? My my wife, my <laughs> wife, bless her heart. She was like, I don't think I can continue to watch this if they're going to be swearing. And so, uh, by the way, sweetheart, if you're watching, I love you. Um, I'm not making fun of you. I just that's one of the idiosyncrasies you have. Um, we have one where we were watching Klingon sex. That was a little bit uncomfortable. Glad awesome. my children weren't watching that with me. Um, so I so I should be watching this one. Okay, there you go, Craig. Uh, let's uh, let's move on then. I, Kyle, do you have anything that you wanted to bring up, or are you here to react? Mostly here to react. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't been doing many. I mean, I've been trying to catch up on Mistborn. Oh, right. oh yeah. struggling there. I'm not gonna lie. I'm having a real rough time with Well of Ascension. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna do a whole thing. We'll I do think, a whole with, thing with Kyle separately. But uh, so. yeah, I've mostly been watching like Narcos and a couple other Netflix yeah. shows, which doesn't really fall in this realm. Yeah, but, I've uh, I I but just great. I just Narcos. started the Tudors because okay. I'm like, yeah, at a certain point, you just need to not watch mm-hmm. another sci-fi show really mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i i'm like two or three episodes in and we'll see if i keep watching but so far so good it's it's interesting it's it's entertaining uh but anyway what i, I i've also started the first couple episodes of altered carbon this yeah. is netflix's new uh sci-fi series altered carbon is uh, the the idea is that rich people in the future are able to upload their entire personality onto a data chip in the back of their neck or at the base of their brain and uh, like when the Red Dwarf episode, exactly. Uh, and when they die, <laughs> or when their body dies, they call it a sleeve. A body is called a sleeve, and you can kill the body, but as long as that chip remains intact, it can just simply be inserted into a new sleeve, and you're good to go. Um, and there, so there's a, a so there's a guy, <laughs> the the richest guy on on the earth is. Uh, uh, he, he's murdered or committed suicide. Nobody quite is sure which. He's convinced that he was murdered, but he can't remember like the day or two before, whatever. And so he hires the world's or the galaxy's most notorious um, terrorists, criminal guy to investigate what's going on with that. And so that's the setup for the show. This show, it you know how there are there are a lot of shows where you say like oh you know there's the pilot but then like give it three or four episodes it's, it gets really good mm-hmm. just takes a little while to find its groove after a few episodes of this one i'm gonna go ahead and just say if you watch the pilot and you are either in or out like that will tell you mm-hmm. it, this is a very clear pilot this show is either for you or it's not for you and it is um uh, it, it's very paid cable. Tons of just extraneous violence and sex and, uh, <laughs> just, you know, they, they go everywhere with it that you can imagine. And so, um, yeah, it, it, if it sounds like you're bad, give it I'm a looking, shot. I'm looking it up as we speak. But you don't need to give it more than one episode to know exactly how you're going to feel about it. Um, I'm just thinking of like Bill Gates uploading his consciousness so that he doesn't have to have a body and... Like a spin-off <laughs> exactly. show called Sleeveless in Seattle. Oh, oh. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, oh, the other thing, I, I wanted to rip through a couple of these really quick. Future Man on Hulu. This is a Hulu original. Future Man is like a mix of a few classic uh, shows and movies. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, Hutcherson, guy from uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, he, it, he is in the plot of Last Starfighter, 
and they they make reference to this in the show where he's playing a, a video game and it's a little bit of an older video game and everybody's kind of given up on it but he's obsessed with it and it's unbeatable and he beats it and then immediately two people from the future show up in his bedroom and they're like you're you're the savior you're future man and uh and he's supposed to save the future from uh from the evil invaders from the planet zorg well <laughs> There's it's well it's Terminator as well because there's a there's a company that uh, they come up with the cure for herpes, and it turns out that the cure for herpes turns um it like turns people into uh it's like the Eloy versus the what what do you call the Morlocks the Morlocks so the, the so the people who got this cure for herpes are like these wonderfully genetically superior human beings and they stomp on the necks of the people who you know the lower class now and it's completely bizarre i made it through one season before i kind of gave up uh, it's kind of fun it's definitely not appointment television but it's you know if that if what i just described to you is interesting go give it a shot it's also got Haley joel osmond um wait what who shows back up <laughs> And is funny. He's are very there, funny. Are there dead people in the future? He, that he plays. Has to... He plays. Uh, that's funny, Kyle. You know, not all of your jokes are landing today. <laughs> I I don't care, Craig. <laughs> no, he. Uh, that's he, the best part. <laughs> he plays. He plays an angry scientist slash CEO. Um, and he's he's really good. Uh, so yeah, it's funny, but I future man. Huh? I gave up on it after a while. This show is not for you, Todd. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, it is funny. I I will tell you one thing about it. This just just one more like flavor thing about it. They go back in time to 1969 to kill the guy who finds the cure for herpes. Um and they don't they don't end up killing him, but what they he ends up uh, Josh Hutcherson's character ends up leaving behind his iPhone. And somebody sees it and has like is inspired to create this technology in the future. So Apple, be- and they had to go to a black sorority or a, a black fraternity party to uh, to uh, find him. And this guy picks it up and uh, and turns Apple into black apple. So when they go back to the future, everybody has black apples. <laughs> and um, Siri is now a very sassy black man. <laughs> it's very funny. It's little things like that. If you if that oh, sounds interesting, you might travel. like it. Uh, okay, Shannara. I made it two episodes into season two of Shannara. I can't. I can't. Even the you, eye candy won't keep you there. How did you make it there, through huh? season one? Oh my gosh! The well, eye candy, I made it, of course. I made it through season one because I was I I was kind of almost contractually obligated to make it through season one uh, <laughs> because I was writing up some recaps for TVJelly.com. You can mm-hmm. still go see those if you want. Uh, but anyway, season two. I'm. I was thinking about doing some recaps for those. I don't know if I can do it. It's awful. It's awful, you guys. It's one of the worst. No, it is probably the worst adaptation I've ever seen in my life, just adaptation-wise. Anyway, but we don't have time to go into that. Um, Annihilation. Yeah, you were saying that you really enjoyed that. No, I, 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 I didn't say that. The Mortal Todd, Kombat sequel. The Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, wait a minute wait a minute oh no you said weird <laughs> and i said weird af yeah yeah you did um so i but it I, seemed like in that same same read same read that we were doing that you were saying you that you enjoyed it i i okay 
so Annihilation, just to back up, this is a brand new sci-fi movie from the creators of, um, what's that one called? The the AI movie. Oh gosh, why oh, is it escaping Ex me? Ex Machina. Ex Machina, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, so from the makers of Ex Machina, this one stars Natalie Portman, and she goes with a team of female scientists into... Go girl power. Um, sure, it, we can we can talk about that if we want to. Uh, it's kind of a non-issue in the movie, which is fantastic. I, yeah. Uh, but they go into this bubble they call Area X, and they can't get any signals in or out, so nobody has any idea what's in there. This is like where a meteor crashed. And, uh, and they go in there to find out what's happening because the bubble is expanding, and it's uh, going to swallow up the Earth if it's given enough time. And uh, her, her husband was one of the military men who went in, and then he comes out a year later and is not the same person. He, you know, his eyes are blank and he doesn't have any memory of what happened in there. And so she decides she wants to go in to find out what's happening. Um, and so these scientists all go in there and they're looking for answers. I'm going to try not to spoil too much because it is an interesting movie and I, I, think i recommend it but it's um when they go in they find out that it's uh there it's changing things um it is refracting the way that light is refracted by a prism this area x this bubble is refracting dna and so it's taking existing organisms and altering their dna and splicing it with other things and whatnot. So you get things that are kind of innocuous, like um, this. there's a plant with several different species of flower and leaf growing off of the same vine. So you get little things like that, or you get a crocodile and shark mix. It's a crocodile that tries to eat them, and it has, like, shark teeth, you know, things like that. Uh, there's a bear. There's a, a bear that is blind, and also learns how to shriek with the voice of one of its victims. And so as it's stalking them, you get some really, really creepy sound effects from that. You know, so stuff like that. Uh, But then the real kicker is that it is altering the people that go in there. And some of the stuff that you get out of that, the body horror, is fantastic. Uh, that's that's the stuff that I really enjoyed. There's there's nothing creepier than the idea that you are no longer in control of your own body, and it really plays with that a lot in a few parts. That stuff was fantastic. The ending of it was it, it the ending did not live up to the promise of the movie as a whole, and so it's hard for me to say like, oh, this this is awesome and wonderful and everybody go see it because i'm not sure how i feel about it yet i haven't sorted out all my feelings um and i won't spoil the ending but it is uh it is memorable that's for sure now this has been opening weekend for that film i think so yeah yeah i i honestly sometimes the bug just hits me and i'm like i gotta go to the movies and yeah. it's 9 30 and what's what's out and that was one so i went and saw it i was seeing some i, I was seeing some uh uh, review material that, that had come out from a couple of different writers about it, and they they had similar things to say about it. Uh, that you're saying that it, that there's a lot of really interesting things about it. It puts a lot of interesting ideas forward. Um, none of them have gone as far as you have as saying that it didn't necessarily live up to the promise on its on its conclusion. But they also didn't they 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 avoided that entirely and just talked about it more from a yeah. standpoint of it's an interesting science fiction film because it goes places that other science fiction films have not gone. Yeah, I I. 
um, I definitely left the theater satisfied. You know, I wasn't upset that I'd paid, you know, 11 or 12 bucks to go see a movie. Um, and and it, it was utterly terrifying in a few parts and really entertaining. Uh, the music was interesting. It, it, they made some interesting choices. The thing about it is, like, the whole thing is, it's supposed to be stretched really tight, like this... Uh, those horror movies where if like if you pluck them they vibrate yeah that kind of like and they do that with most of the score too it's this score that you barely notice it just sits in your gut and makes you really uncomfortable most of the time and then they do these flashbacks with her and her husband and they kind of scatter them throughout the movie and it's set to like like crosby stills and nash or something like (laughs) that and it's really jarring and so, in a way, it kind of mirrors what's happening with this refracted DNA. You have this movie that is two different, or maybe several different things, and it's trying to get mashed together into one. And the result is, like a lot of the things in Area X, it's maybe not, it's not beautiful, it's not terrible, it's just off-putting, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. So anyway, I but I would love to hear if anybody else has seen it. You know, hop on Reddit and let me know what your thoughts are. I, I I am genuinely interested to hear what people thought of this movie, even if you hated it or loved it or whatever. I'm curious. There was another science fiction film last year, um, the one about linguistics. Oh, Arrival. Arrival. Arrival is the far superior movie, okay. uh, in my opinion. Just it, as in terms of the storytelling and and having its say. Uh, Annihilation is pretty opaque as far as what are you getting at? Why are, you know, this is obviously a, a, a parable for something. You know, you're trying to, to tell me something and it never gets around to letting you in on that. Uh, whereas Arrival, you may not agree with its messaging. Um, but it's I, pretty clear but what it's, it's saying. But it's, yeah, it's fairly clear without being to like bash you over the head with it i i i really prefer to rival Uh, yeah it's fantastic that's good that's good to know um anyway okay we should probably oh gosh i wanted to talk about cloverfield paradox but maybe we talk about the oscars instead cloverfield paradox sucked so (laughs) didn't see it so i won't did either of you see it no no okay well it's um it just makes me fear for Netflix. I've been such a fan of Netflix for the last few years, but lately it's just become, it's like the dumping ground. It's Hollywood's dumping ground. Kind of is. Um, it, you know, it's the way, it, it's sort of the way that uh, you used to get movies, studios would spend all this money on some production and then they'd say, oh, it's, uh, oh, this kind of turned into a bag of crap. Let's just put it on a VHS and release it. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe some people will rent it send or whatever. It to, send it to Blockbuster. Yeah, and... exactly. Uh, Netflix is kind of taking on that role and I don't like it. There's, you know, the, the, uh, we, we, in, in, in our house, we use Netflix a lot um, to binge, um, especially if we're watching old series. We'll, we've gone back, we've gone back and watched series that we really enjoyed and we've rewatched them several times on Netflix. So, We've liked that. I haven't had to go out and buy every DVD that's being released in uh-huh. order to watch some stuff that that we really enjoyed. Um, 
and and I got a kick out of a, a post that you put up uh, the other day. You know, Netflix, you're screwing up a lot, but the skip intro button is really cool. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I I I I echo that because I haven't to watch the the Hawaii Five O intro <laughs> every time. It's only thirty seconds long, but come on, you can only put up with it for so long. There's certain shows if you go watch. Um, oh oh shoot. Oh, did you ever watch Homeland? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, this is not on Netflix, so I don't have to suffer through it. But it is on Netflix outside the U.S. So every time I travel outside the U.S., I watch Homeland, and um, and their intro is like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, and it's not interesting or fun to watch or anything. And so that that uh, skip intro button is fantastic. Uh, okay, we have like five more minutes. Let's talk Oscars. Now that we we've talked for almost an hour, maybe there are some more winners out. I here's the thing. I really struggle with caring. I don't care. I don't care. You're not supposed to. What I more... That's right, Todd. You're not supposed to. And none of us are supposed to. And that's why we're only devoting five minutes to this. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to say, Craig. That's not what I'm trying to say. The Oscars aren't made for you. You're a movie goer. You're not a movie maker. Right. And neither are you. And neither are almost anybody who's listening to this. But as an actor... Oh, Okay, <laughs> I, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on this one. No, no, no. A, I I know exactly what you're saying, and I get it, and I kind of agree with you. But here's my biggest problem with the Oscars, go aside on. from the moral masturbation that goes on for four hours every uh, every February, March, whatever. Moral slash political slash Ugh, whatever messages it is that we're going to run with. It's just it's exhausting and disgusting and horrible. Um, but the dresses are pretty, I guess. Um, um, no, sometimes. but my biggest sometimes. problem with it is that it has all these categories that, uh, and each of the categories, they kind of separate. They try to separate it into like best picture and best actor and all the, the big stuff. And then there's the technical categories off to the side. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, these are all technical categories. Yes. And they should be treated as such and they should not be voted on by, you know, a big group of nothing but actors and directors. I well, that's what the People's Choice Awards are, and the Golden Globes, right? And that's why, like, when I when I'm watching, I, I okay, I don't watch them, but when I see the winners for like the SAG Awards, yep. I'm really interested in who won the Best Actor and Best Actress at the SAG Awards because the that's the Screen Actors Guild yep. voting on who the best actor and actress are. I what I would like to see from the Oscars, if if I, I don't know if this would make them more relevant, but it would make them more honest. Yeah. Is if the different unions all voted in their own categories. Right. And so, like, you have a bunch of actors and uh, who don't, they don't know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. Well, and how are they going to vote on this? They're All they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, well, I, yeah, I liked Coco. That was nice. I'll just to, give it to that or whatever. To be fair, to be fair. Um, in when when we're looking at the Oscars, the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences divides up those those technical awards, and unless you've been involved in one of those sides, you don't get to vote on that side. So unless you've been a director, you don't get to vote on directing. Unless you've been uh, if unless you've been involved in the sound engineering, and the, you don't get to vote on the on the sound mixing qualities. However, they are very much insider awards, and they're a little bit more broad than say. Um, special technical or special delivery awards like the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which right. are just the screen acting there. And and if you've done other things, you still don't get to vote on those. Um, but, you know, to, to your point, you're right. You don't care. And those of us who 
those of us who and I I've done I've done Oscar parties several years. There was one year that we decided that we were going to have some fun. We all dressed up in tuxes. We had a wonderful reception ahead of time. Uh, you know, the gals were wearing beautiful evening gowns. Guys were wearing tuxes. We we actually muted all of the speeches because no, none of us wanted to listen to them anyway. And so we gave the acceptance speeches that they probably were giving, and we did a pretty decent job. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it. That sounds it. like so, my actual nightmare. Th- did, I'm sure did it does. Either of you sure walk, does. So the Oscars started about an hour and a half before we started recording, and we had it on while we were putting kids to bed and whatever. Did either of you watch Jimmy yeah. Kimmel's like opening monologue? No, why no, would I do that? I'm going to catch maybe, it tomorrow morning you had on YouTube. On. But he said something in the opening monologue that sums this up perfectly. He said something about how there's only one of the one of the films nominated this year for best film made over a hundred million dollars. So everything else made less than a hundred million dollars. And my Is wife it Dunkirk. And, I, probably, yes, it would have been. But my wife in the kitchen says, "Oh, so they're all movies that nobody watches." Yes, correct. Which is like, yeah, absolutely, and I think that just yeah. sums that up perfectly. Except just, for nobody cares about. But there, there is one thing I will say. And and that is as I look through the list, and let me just pull up the list here of uh, uh, original. Sorry, not original screenplay. I want to look up best picture. Best picture. Call me by your name. Darkest Hour. Dunkirk. Get Out. Lady Bird. Phantom Thread. The Post. The Shape of Water. Three billboards. All of these movies, to one degree or another, are uh, they are not built on existing IP. Now, this is, it's sort of a double-edged sword because I think that there are some really, really great deserving movies sure. that uh, that are part of a franchise um, and they get unfairly maligned. But on the other hand, I do really appreciate the, uh, the originality of these, even if I have seen precisely looking again. Nope. Two? None of these. You didn't see... You I've, haven't seen The Post? I've seen... Why would I watch The Post? I'm not going to watch The Post. You didn't see Todd, Dunkirk? Todd, are you freaking kidding me? You haven't seen Dunkirk? No, I really... I wanted to, but I was pretty busy at that okay. point, so I never did get around to I, it. I'm surprised. I know. I, I should have seen Dunkirk. Anyway, but my my point is just I, I did appreciate that these are original movies and that they're being celebrated. So even if nobody saw them... Um, at at least at least we're uh, appreciating original work here. The Oscars is the Oscars is good, generally good for that. Um, the the kinds of movies the the kinds of movies that get nominated for Best Picture oftentimes are um, they have they have to have some level of originality. And I, I, a friend of mine had a, had this kind of discussion, and Ryan would probably be rolling over in his in his seat and just fidgeting madly right now. Uh, if I'm he were so here. glad he's not here right now. <laughs> but but he would probably agree that the one thing that is looked for when they start talking about best picture, and that is one category where everybody that's a member of the motion, uh, the Academy of Motion Art, uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, gets to vote in, um, and that is that they're that it's all about advancing the media of film, and so if they're using film in a new way, if they're using film to tell different kinds of stories, if they're using film to explore new territory that's really what the best picture and what's what the what the issue is about all of these kinds of things and it's why in many cases blockbuster films don't make it onto the best picture list because they're not yeah. they're not generally pushing the the medium of film as a storytelling medium the same way that some of these other films are yeah and i don't i don't know that i would say um pushing pushing into new boundaries but i would say the one thing i think that a lot of these best picture nominees have going for them is that they're all very level two stories. When we talk about legendary yeah, level one, level two, to level three, 
almost all of them are on that level two spectrum. Incredibly political. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very much so. There's there's one thing that uh, there's one movie that I want to mention that doesn't normally fall into our stuff that I watched uh, that did not get recognized at all um, that I really enjoyed that I want to share with you guys. I don't know that you now, guys have... Now is the time where you say what it was. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I have your attention because normally you're looking away from me when I say I have something yeah, good. Yeah, Todd, I've got other things to do. <laughs> just say it. Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to watch that. You know what? <laughs> Wonderful film. Beautiful film. Really enjoyed it. Even mm-hmm. if you've already read the story, even if you're familiar with Agatha Christie's, even if you're familiar with the original Murder on the Orient Express, I think this one did a wonderful job of taking what because because the kind of film that was available then and the kind of the kind of film techniques that are available now um, are different. And I really enjoyed the film. Right. I, I, it doesn't hurt that I like Kenneth Branagh as as an, both an actor and a director, and it doesn't hurt that I like. Patrick Doyle as a composer because he mm-hmm. did the music for Henry V. He also did much of the music for this. Great and film. And Harry Potter 4. If I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes. So. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I know my Potter films a little <laughs> bit at least. I don't know. Uh, okay. We, we'd better go. It's been an hour uh, of us pontificating on nothing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, sorry everybody that this wasn't about... Uh, Oathbringer. Oathbringer. But uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it's fun anyway. Anyway, um, and hopefully it gives you something to go watch uh, if there was anything on our list that uh Or post that you because you're irritated yet. about. Or, oh yeah, or yeah, go so go to thelegendarium.reddit.com and tell us why we're wrong about the Oscars or... Or Black Panther. Black Panther or whatever. That's fine. That's fine. I can take the abuse. It's fine. Um... <laughs> And go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show uh, based on episodes other than this one. Please don't go there and unsubscribe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we will see everybody next week. We are we are working on scheduling well ahead of time uh, the Oathbringer episode. And so that is scheduled now to happen next weekend. Are we winding down on Narnia too? So we're- Narnia's got two more. Getting ready um, for some. Kyle's excited King to come Killer. back for King Killer Chronicles. <laughs> King Killer Chronicle. I don't know if there's an S on it. I don't care. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's two books out, right? That makes it a yeah. Chronicles. Well, we went from we'll the get there. Chronicles of Narnia to King Killer Chronicle. The Chronic What Coles of King Killers. All right. We love so let's uh, let's go, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Yeah. Uh,